Phil Nettleton first went overseas as a missionary in 1982. He served in Papua New Guinea, Africa, South America, and Europe. When he retired and came home to the United States, he didn't want to just take it easy or coast. His attitude is one that we can all learn from, whether we're an overseas missionary or if we're trying to serve God in what may feel like mundane ways. We're 24-7 Christians for the Lord. We're serving Him every day of our lives, and we're looking for ways to, to hear His voice and to really do what He wants us to do because He does have plans for us every day of our lives. Jesus never promised His followers an easy path. In fact, He told His disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton, and uh, as you are probably aware, this is Father's Day weekend, and uh, we have a special guest, uh, certainly special for me, my dad, Phil Nettleton is our guest this week on Voice of the Martyrs Radio, and uh, we're not going to talk much about being my dad. What we are going to talk about is gospel work around the world, missionary service. Uh, My dad has served as the pastor of an American church, actually several American churches. Uh, Then in 1982, our family moved to Papua New Guinea, and my parents became missionaries and have served since then in Papua New Guinea. Uh, in Liberia and Sierra Leone, in Africa, in Guyana, down in South America, and in the Czech Republic as well. The last assignment they had from Global Partners, which is the missionary sending arm of the Wesleyan Church, was as pastors to missionaries. And we're going to talk a little bit about that and what that means. My dad's name is Phil, Phil Nettleton. Welcome to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you, Todd. It's really a privilege to be here. I'm so thankful that you asked me to come. Talk to me about your call to missionary service and how from a comfortable life as a pastor in America, God said, wait, I I don't want you to serve anymore in America. I want you to go around the world. How did that happen? and, And how did you work your way up to that day that we left for Papua New Guinea? Well, it's amazing to think about the call of God and, and when that starts in our lives. Uh, certainly for me, it started as a child. I lived in, in a home of parents. Uh, my father and mother were both ordained ministers, and they had a great heart for people, people of all nationalities, especially people that were what we used to say down and out or disenfranchised. And their hearts and their home, our home, and and their arms were always open to people like this. And so from my early childhood, God was preparing my heart for service as missionaries. And then in the, the churches that we served, four different churches before we went overseas, uh, in three of those churches— the Lord brought us into contact with a missionary or uh, missionary couples that took us under their wings and just uh, poured missions into us, poured a passion for lost people. And these people just shaped our lives and our hearts for God to call us 
into missionary work. When that time came that you really sensed we need to pack up and move overseas, did did you wrestle with that at all, or did it just seem like this is the next step? Well, actually, we we didn't wrestle with going overseas. It was more to be clear as to where God would want us to go. There were many options at that time, and I can remember a time we had a missionary conference in our church, which we we started to do every year, and I think the missionary conferences were as much for Lucille and me (laughs) as for the people, because God was certainly getting our hearts ready. And a missionary shared just a little story. He described a scenario of people working in the forest, and they were carrying logs out from the forest to the logging trucks, and he said, what would you do if you were in the forest working and you saw that a log was being carried out, and on one end of the log were nine people, and on the other end was just one person? Which which end would you uh, start to get in and, and help? And I could not get away from that. Uh, that was such a picture and so true of our world in terms of the number of Christian workers for North America as opposed to the rest of the world. And God used that little story in my heart to just keep moving me toward an openness. And so when the time came and as we were praying about going to Papua New Guinea, it just was abundantly clear that that was, in fact, what God wanted us to do. And so it was not a struggle at all. It was seemed like the very next natural step that we should take. What advice would you give to some of our listeners who are in that process right now? They, they've heard that call or somebody's told a story that grabbed their heart and they're starting to think, okay, maybe this is what God wants me to do. How would you advise them? I would certainly encourage them to create opportunities to be around other missionaries, spend time with them, pick their brains. Uh, There's a lot of opportunities for research now. Online, you can do a lot of research. There are wonderful books that prepare you for this. That was one of the things that that we did a lot, and you remember as a child how uh, we read missionary stories together and God just uses—he uses so many things in our lives to fuel that passion for the world, and that's certainly uh, something I would encourage people to do, to avail themselves to missionaries, to, to get involved in praying for missionaries, to get involved financially, supporting them. I've heard it said that just because you get on a plane and go to another country doesn't make you into a missionary. God starts making you into a missionary right where you are, being very active in the local church, finding as many ways to serve people as you possibly can. Those are ways that God works in our lives to prepare us. We're talking today on Voice of the Mars Radio on this Father's Day weekend with my father, Phil Nettleton, who has served as a missionary in lots of different places around the world. Dad, as you look back on all the places, and I know this is kind of a hard question, do you have a favorite? Are there particular places or seasons of your ministry that you look back on and think, that was, that was really a sweet place to be and a sweet time of ministry? That's a really good question, and one that we hear often since we have served in several different countries. And I I can honestly say to you that 
in each place where we were at the time, that was really a good place and uh, could almost say a favorite place. And I think that's one of the ways God works in our lives, that he makes our times really, really special as we serve him. There were some places that were much more difficult to serve in than others. We were robbed in our homes and on on roads, and uh, we encountered losing loved ones while we were overseas. I think that Liberia, probably because of the war, had uh, maybe the most profound effect on our lives. The way that God merged our hearts with the people during that time of war uh, such a, a crisis time in their lives and, and in ours too, will never be the same after having served in that way. And when we go back to Liberia, there is a special bond there, and the people feel very deeply for us that we stayed with them several months into the war. We loved serving in Guyana, the people of Guyana. I, I believe people all around the world are very hospitable and loving but the Guyanese people have just such special hearts for, for others, and they embraced us. And, of course, we went there uh, after being in uh, Liberia and Western Africa and going through that war experience. So we came into our time in Guyana with uh, very almost broken hearts, and uh, we had a lot of recovery that we had to do personally and the people there just loved us in such an amazing way. And they were part of God's uh, healing answer for us at a time when we had gone through a lot of difficulty. I think that raises a, an interesting point that we think of missionaries as going to serve and going to minister, but you get ministered to as well as you're out by the national people that you serve. That's so true, and that's one of the important attitudes that we need to have as we go to the mission field. There is a temptation, and, and I'll, I'll have to admit that when we first went overseas to Papua New Guinea, I had the thoughts, well, I'm, I'm a seasoned pastor, I've served on a lot of committees, and uh, these people are going to be really fortunate to have this uh, knowledgeable, seasoned <laughs> guy come in. And you know— it was amazing to me, and the Lord used this to teach my heart in such a wonderful way. When it came to survival out in the, the jungles of Papua New Guinea, I was hopeless. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, try, we tried to start a fire one time with a group of you guys when we were out in the mountain, and uh, it was horrible. And one of the local men came over, and in five minutes he had a fire going, and in about ten minutes it was a roaring fire, and we were able to get warm after the rain and such. And I began to realize that there were just so many things that I knew so little about, and I was the learner. And and I from that time on, every country that I went to, I tried to go as a learner, and that's just a good way to serve people, and it's a good way to learn. It's a smart way, because people have so much to teach us. And it also shows respect for the people and the culture that you're going into when you come alongside and say, wow, you have so much to teach me. Sure, I've got some stuff I want to share with you, but wow, you can teach me as well. 
We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with my dad, Phil Nettleton, on this Father's Day weekend. Your last assignment before retiring from missionary service was pastor to missionaries, along with mom. What is that? What What's a pastor to missionaries? What was your duties then? Well, as we served uh, those years in in various places, we began to recognize that one of the great needs of missionaries and our missionary teams around the world is to have someone who will be a listening ear, someone to come alongside of them in times of difficulty, someone to be their cheerleader, their coach, and the Lord opened the doors for us to serve as pastors to missionaries. The first pastor from Global Partners was a man named Med Bailey, who had just a huge pastor's heart, and he set the bar very high. And it seemed like every time that uh, we heard or were around Med, Lucille would often say to me, you know, honey, that's a work that we could really do. That's a place that we would really fit. (laughs) And so when we were asked to consider that opportunity. Uh, I think I said we need to pray about this at least for 30 seconds. (laughs) It was so clear that the Lord had prepared us for this. I remember when you called me. I was actually here at VOM, and uh, you called me and said, hey, we're, we're thinking about doing this. I remember thinking everything that you had done up to that time was preparation for that season of ministry. The, the pastoral time here in the U.S., the time you spent working at our church headquarters, the time you spent overseas, everything led up to that season of ministry. Exactly. And, and the Lord had so thoroughly prepared us. It seemed that we could, as we, we listened to people, you know, we, we tried to never say, I know exactly how you feel, because of course we don't. But we could honestly say, I I sense some of the things that you're going through. I understand some of what you're feeling today. And God used all those previous experiences to prepare us for that. One of the things I share sometimes with people at our VOM conferences is the fact that God will not waste your experiences. If you allow him to, he will use them somehow, some way. So I would encourage our listeners with that thought, even if you're going through a hard time, God will not waste that experience in your life. Dad, how is it that so many missionaries go for one term and they never go back? Or sometimes they don't even finish one term. They go home in discouragement and and heartbreak. What are the challenges that they run into that, that seem so overwhelming? Missionary work is hard work. There is absolutely no question about that. There's no way it can be softened. And I believe that there, there are a number of factors that, that are, enter in to this, this matter of people coming home prematurely or, or way ahead of what God would intend for them to do. Maybe one of the most difficult things that missionaries face is language learning. That is not something that you can whip out in, in a six-week uh, course for many of our missionaries in many countries today, language learning is almost a lifetime experience. They are, even after being there for 10 or 12 years, they're still taking language lessons. They're trying to learn the complexities of that language. And there are no shortcuts. It is just hard work and having the mindset when you go in 
that you are going to stay committed to the task of language learning is so vitally important. But there needs to be encouragement in that. And and many of our missionary organizations are working very hard now to provide good helps, language coaches, people that are encouragers and such like that. And so language is definitely one of those uh, real difficult places. What are some of the others? I think the, the matter of loneliness, it is and it can be very lonely serving overseas. One of the things that helps with that is to go in with the idea that you're going to reach out and make friends with the local people, that you're going to make that your home. And so you're not just drawing your support from family and and, uh, friends that are overseas a distance away, but you can draw from the local people. And then we certainly need to pray for our missionaries in that, because for some, the loneliness never goes away. So that is another significant challenge that we face. And we're going to talk as we finish up today about how to pray, because I, I want I want you to advise our listeners about specific ways to pray for missionaries. Let's talk about retirement, uh, because I know and I've heard you say retirement is not a word that's in the Bible, uh, and I know you are retired from mission service, but you have slotted into new ways of ministering and new ways of serving. So talk a little bit about how you approach that season of your life and how you kind of shifted gears from, okay, we were doing this, what are we going to do now? I heard from someone recently that, uh, as you you spoke, retirement's not in the Bible, but for the Christian worker, it's really re-enlistment at every stage of our lives, even at the stage when we officially retire. And I think coming into that time with a very positive attitude that it's not going to be a downer, but that we're still, we're 24-7 Christians for the Lord. We're serving him every day of our lives, and we're looking for ways to to hear his voice and to really do what he wants us to do, because he does have plans for us every day of our lives and plans for us to be effective. And so I think that is a that is a really important thing is to is the mindset and the attitude. And then to make ourselves available, whatever the task is. Just in the last uh, six weeks, I've taken on a Sunday school class of middle school kids, and I haven't done (laughs) middle school. (laughs) I haven't worked with that age group directly for probably three or four decades, but I've found that to be very challenging, and it's, it's exciting to have the opportunity to really shape the lives of these young people and to pray for them every day. Another way that the Lord has helped me to serve is uh, I've become involved in the Kairos ministry in the prison in Dalhart, which is about 80 miles from our home. And once a week, I go there on Tuesdays, mainly to listen and and encourage uh, men there at the prison. And then some Saturdays we go, and this is an extremely gratifying ministry, just is so exciting to see the transformation in these people's lives and then I, I'm really the only full-time pastor in our little small community. All the other pastors are bivocational. And so 
I'm retired, so I have pretty good discretion of my time, and I'm available to listen to people, to pray with them and encourage them. And I find that just so gratifying. It is wonderful to serve the Lord in whatever it looks like and whatever situation we are in life. And I'll have to say that I'm extremely happy today in in what the Lord's allowing me to do, and it, it's such a privilege. And I know some of the missionaries that you were pastor to, uh, in some ways you are still pastor to. You're still in contact with them. You're still encouraging them, uh, even on occasion getting to visit with them and, and be a blessing to them. So that part of your work hasn't ended either. That's right. Yeah, once you're a pastor to someone, uh, really that's a lifelong relationship. We just a few days ago stayed the night with a family that uh, the wife was in our youth group in the last church that we served in Pasadena. And uh, so there's a there's a lifelong connection there, and we we love to keep that connection open. We're talking this week on Voice of the Martyrs Radio on Father's Day weekend with my father, Phil Nettleton. If you are curious about this issue of, of retiring and serving after retirement— I want to commend to you an episode of VOM Radio that we did with a couple that we called Bob and Casey. Uh, If you go to vomradio.net and search for Bob and Casey, uh, Bob retired after a a successful career here in the U.S., and they packed up and moved to Central Asia, and they're working among a Muslim people group there. So uh, if, if this is where you're at in life, I would commend that particular episode to you. Dad, as we finish up, we we always want to equip people to pray, and you have talked about how important it is to pray for missionaries, uh, the ones we support, the ones our church is sending out, the ones we know personally, but help us to know how to pray. How And, and you've talked a little bit about some of the challenges they face, so I think that answers part of this question, uh, but just help us know how to pray. Well, I think the the there are three L's that helped me to remember this. And uh, I've mentioned two of these, to pray specifically for our missionaries as they're uh, studying language. And then the second that I mentioned is the loneliness that missionaries face. And then I, I think the third L that I would suggest is pray for our missionaries to really be listening. Listening to the local people that's so important, and, and we have so much pride, and we feel like we have all the answers. As, as Americans, we, we feel like we have the answers for the world, but we will be much more effective as we listen to the people around us, listening to the people, and then certainly listening to the voice of God. It is the Holy Spirit that works change and and reformation and conversion in people's lives. Nothing that we do is, is that. It is God that saves people from their sins and set them on the pathway to heaven. And so we must listen to the Lord to be in step with what he is doing. And as we see him working, then we can tag along with him. Dad, thanks for uh, being willing to do this. Thanks for reading all those amazing missionary stories to uh, Trent and Tim and I as we grew up. I think the work that I do today grew directly out of some of those books like Bruchko and Lords of the Earth. And so I just am so pleased to be able to have you this Father's Day weekend 
and to let you share with some of our listeners uh, some of your experiences and what God's taught you. So thank you very, very much for being willing to do this. Thank you, Todd. This is a rare privilege, and I'm delighted to be here today. You've been listening to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. As always, if you're joining us late, you can go to vomradio.net, and you can listen to this entire conversation this Father's Day weekend. Share it with somebody else, too. Share it with your son or daughter or with your father. Uh, Just encourage them to listen as well. Next week here on Voices of the Martyrs Radio, we're going to have Rebecca George. Rebecca was the principal writer behind Voice of the Martyrs' new book, Wormbrand, Tortured for Christ, The Complete Story. So we're going to talk to her a little bit about her writing process and, more importantly, some of the things she learned as she really dove into the story of Richard and Sabina Wormbrand and looked at their lives, looked at their testimonies, how that encouraged her and how she drew strength out of their story. That's next week right here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.